Paul's Call is brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. For the best sleep ever, go to brooklynbetting.com. Hey, it's your call, man. No, no. it's your call. No, it's your call. No, no, it's your call. Hey, nitwits. It's Paul's Call. I just know how you guys look so forward when Paulie Pigskin can regale you guys with a first-person story. The sea was angry that day, my friends. <laughs> But with the passing of the great Gale Sayers, the Hall of Fame Bears running back, well, first, here's Desmond Howard. I remember my uncle telling me one time, he said, I know you like Walter Payton's sweetness, but check out this guy, Gale Sayers. Do your homework on Gale Sayers, and then just finding out the type of player he was, the type of person he was. Which brings us to Vince Tobin, the former Cardinals head coach who we nicknamed Coach Clipboard. What? See, when Vince Tobin was Cardinals head coach, back when he, you know, that was Doug in the days when Wolf was, well, he was rocking the man bun, unfortunately, <laughs> and he was in the throes of the dark days back Am then. Am I here right now? It was anyway, a tale, Paul. I was a channel nickel in town, and we used to do the Vince Tobin show every week, and his claim to fame as a player, yes, Vince Tobin was a former player, the highlight of his college career at Mizzou, Tobin was a freshman DB in a freshman game against Kansas. And he found himself in the open field against a freshman phenom running back from Kansas named Gale Sayers. There was Tobin. He's a corner. Gale Sayers had burst to the second level of the defense. And on three different occasions in the same freshman game, young Vince Tobin made an open field solo tackle against Gale Sayers. (laughs) Well, how about that, sports fans? That was what? His, that was his favorite story, basically his only story of uh, of his of his athletic greatness. Basically, Wolf, the exact opposite of you missing Deion Sanders three different times on the same kick return. One and Burns is going to miss the ball. You were sort of like the Eric Burns of kick cover, you know. One. As uh, we salute the uh, the one and only entertaining story that Vince Tobin ever told, and the life of the late great Gale Sayers with the sawed-off shotgun of sports. Oh. Sports takes and a bold proclamation in the new Coyotes GM's direction. And I didn't come all the way here to the desert to get a tan. I came here to win a championship. Mm. Didn't come to the desert to get a tan, but to win a Stanley Cup. We're hoping uh, we're not playing that clip all time like another clip we play. I've got a winner in town. Oh, no. Just saying. You know... I'm not here to defend you guys or Raiders. The Raiders. They bolted the Bay Area not once, but twice. You got to get a grip. Right. <laughs> you don't find the first door and run out of it. Yeah, they did it twice to the Bay Area. But if the Raiders want to refer to their new $2 billion stadium as Death Star Stadium, that's the nickname bestowed upon the Raiders' all-black stadium by owner Mark Davis, son of Al. Today is a big day for the Raiders. But apparently... The media, Doug, is getting all picky about the storyline from Star Wars and pushing back. But it was the villain's HQ, no? What went through my mind didn't go through your mind. Head coach John Gruden. I think it's a cool name for our stadium. But the Death Star was blown up three times. I don't give a damn about Star Wars. But it's a cool stadium. When asked about Death Star being a failed infrastructure project, owner Davis says, no, not theirs. Okay. Can all, can all, wait, wait all, I mean, Paul, on. first of all, you know that the rest of us can't handle that. This guy's wrong. The Death Star was blown up twice. It was Starkiller Base in Episode 7. Well, okay. Um, 
I don't know what that means at all. All I know is, uh, guess what? The Raiders left Oakland twice. So, you know what? That is a good nickname. <laughs> there you go. Everyone can just pump their brakes. Back off with your judgment. I mean, if you're going to go get your Star Trek lunch pail and hold everyone to every degree of the movie, I mean, here's William <laughs> Shatner for you. In a light. For crying out loud, right. it's just a TV show. No, like, Star it's Trek only a is movie. Fake. I mean, Star, Star Wars, Wars Star Trek, Starbucks. Nobody cares, Doug. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Is there some rule around here? That wolf and only wolf can tell NFL stories. Oh, no. I was respected. Right. I was feared. Did you guys see this story about You're what not happened bore to us, are you, Paul? Colts <laughs> linebacker Darius Leonard in week two. I don't care. Colts win and the star linebacker leaving the field. He tosses his gloves to one of the few fans in the stands. Nice. One problem, though, when he gets to the locker room, he looks down and he doesn't have his wedding ring. Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Then he remembered he wore his ring for the game. That's when my mind said, oh, okay, when I threw my gloves, the rings with the ring with, with it. So that's when I knew that, okay, I might don't see that ring again. <laughs> I, I mean, forget the ring. The fan has it, right? He gone, gone. Uh, just like the Colts, though are finding that Philip Rivers is done in a dinosaur. Darius Leonard found his ring when the fan reached out. I thank them for blessing me to get my ring back, thanking them for, for being honest. Leonard wow. gets his ring back from an upstanding Colts fan who gets a ding for that, and he says he's going to get a reward as well. I got I to send him a jersey or something. You know, I got I to gotta show him that my appreciation is you know well beyond measure, so I definitely got to return the favor. Now, where's their wedding ring in a football game? <laughs> who, who does what? All I know. Maybe who wears their wedding in the inter- wedding ring in an intramural football game, and then ends how about up my story? Though I mean, aren't you hitting anybody about an NFL glove? Oh wow! Once upon a time, there was a game in New Orleans, and a safety named Rashad Johnson who came out of the game with a hand injury. They cut his glove off, and moments later, I'm like, why is Card's trainer? Machine, why is he doubling back to furiously dig through the trash can? Makes no sense at all. And then we got our answer when Jim Machine Shear yanks the glove out because everybody now, it still contained Rashad Johnson's fingertip. Oh, come on! One of the best stories ever. The top of Rashad's middle finger torn off, as he noted later, his middle finger is now the same length as his index finger. As Pat P said, his hand was leaking like a faucet on the sideline. <laughs> I'm not good with blood. I promptly found my own garbage can to hurl in, and there you go. That is unbelievable. Big finish. Rapid. And oh. now it's time for another edition of Happy God Dang. We're going to fast forward to week six when the 5-0 and Cardinals will go into Dallas for that Monday night Texas two-step against the Cowboys. Be a cowboy, How about them I mean, think about it. The Lions have lost 11 in a row. The Panthers have now lost their last 10 games straight. And the Jets are worse. Oh, no! We suck again! Just one problem when the Cardinals do go into Texas, it won't be with a Super Bowl that distracts them, but Super Pigs. Fort Worth. A series of unprovoked wild pig attacks horrifies residents. The last couple of days... We've had a series of reports about what Animal Planet documented a while ago, the harrowing encounters with super pigs. A woman and her dog are chased and terrorized on a desolate road, while a wildlife photographer is suddenly confronted by an aggressive pig and has to defend himself with his tripod. I've got a tripod. 
Don't make me use this. I'll be gall danged. Again, the locals in Texas are terrified right now. These are potentially killer hogs. Man, let's One get news- in the car, man. Let's go. A- Road trip. A newspaper report says that America is facing a time bomb explosion <laughs> of millions of super pigs that can reproduce at three months old, grow up to 400 pounds, and destroy the landscape because... These are no ordinary pigs. They're highly intelligent hybrids that are constantly physically evolving and adapting to their environment. They say domestic swine have crossbed with wild pigs, including more aggressive European wild boar that were introduced by sport hunters. And now... Today's mutants have unpredictable temperaments. Males have also developed a shield of bone up to two inches thick around their shoulders, which offers some protection from a bull. (laughs) We've got bulletproof pigs. No comprendo. Another reason when you're on the road to not leave your hotel. Right for my life. Time right. for a barbecue, ball. So, we'll just leave it there. We're talking bulletproof super pigs with advanced IQs. That's everywhere. It's like an explosion. Officially, there are two and a half million wild pigs in Texas. Although some experts believe the real number could now be double that. Dew ball.